my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you're having a great week. Oh, a lot to get to today. A lot to get to, as always, today. I was joined by my friend Eric Schaefer. It's been a while uh, since I've talked to him. It's always a good time talking to Eric. Um, and we covered a lot of stuff. Not, you know, not that much politics. It's kind of a boring news week. Um, so we talked about a lot of things. A little bit of politics, some football. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Eric, guys, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod if you haven't already. And please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. And if you want to support the show, check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. There's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Eric Schaefer. All right, guys, we're here with my good friend, Eric Schaefer. Eric, my brother, it's been a while. Dude, who the fuck told you we were friends? We're not friends. <laughs> we're actually mortal. And I, I fucking hate you, dude. <laughs> Why do I, I keep inviting you? <laughs> Why do I keep inviting you onto the show? <laughs> Why I do mean, I do this to myself? There's a reason I tried to kill you in your sleep last night, but that's that's beside the point. Uh, thanks for so much for having me back, dude. I love it. I love it here. Of Even course. though I fucking hate so, your guts. <laughs> So we have a lot to get, we have a lot to get to, but I have to start off the show today uh, by very loosely quoting the president of the United States from a few years ago. Uh, r- roughly, you know, it's not an exact quote, but we need a complete and total shutdown of Antonio Brown until we can figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> I don't like laughing at the situation because it's it's really awful. I know it's bad, it's, man. But it's just like bad things are happening to i'm sorry a bad person i mean yeah. it, i i almost tweeted this out i feel comfortable saying this on saying it on this podcast because like who's gonna get mad at me for coming after an alleged rapist who's been credibly accused uh but yeah. I, I wanted to tweet at adam so bad after this stuff came out about um for those of you who don't know he was credibly accused of rape there's like screenshots there's receipts showing that he said stuff like you made me feel like a rapist and stuff like yeah. that i i really want bad bad move but side note <laughs> His lawyer's like, dude, <laughs> like, why would you put that in? Why would you put that out into the universe? Why would you put that in writing? Just a bad call, well, just I, legally speaking. I really want to ask him too. Is this a part of God's plan? Because he's been going yeah. off. I like. I'm not trying to laugh at the situation. It's just that it's so effed that he I, he's basically been going off for like a season about what's God's plan for me? What's God's plan? Like trying to act holier than thou as he also acts like a diva who, by the way, almost killed a child by chucking furniture over his balcony. All right? Yeah. So I, I'm sure God's really, really has a plan for you, Antonio. And then it comes out that after signing like a, what, like a $20 million deal with the Patriots, that he is not just being accused for the money. He's being credibly accused of rape and radio silence. It's 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 really, I mean, it's good to see. It's so, I'm so sad for this girl, especially if it's true. Um, and you always feel for for rape survivors. But it's it is nice to see 
finally a bad person getting their comeuppance. Look, I, I, we're both Steelers fans, so I, you, you'll probably agree with me on this. But like at the end of last year, when he you know no called, no showed the last game of the season, <laughs> and then forced his way out of Pittsburgh, you know, I I, I wasn't one of those Steelers fans that was like, oh, I hope he you know, gets injured or has a terrible year or whatever. And I'm like, look, like I'm a Steelers fan. I've been rooting for Antonio Brown for a decade. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play for the, whatever, nine years he was in Pittsburgh. I wish him the best. Kind of glad he's not our problem anymore, but good luck. I hope, you know, hope you kill it. You know what I mean? Like obviously he's <clears> a great player, but man, <laughs> like everything he did, obviously that you, like you said, almost killed a kid by throwing a couch off of his balcony. And then he like roughed up his ex-wife and then obviously all the crap in Oakland where, you know, he threatened to beat up the general manager and called him a cracker and then talked his way out of town there. And then, and obviously with this rape allegation and stuff, it's like, <clears throat> like well, any yeah. goodwill, any goodwill he had with like NFL fans is gone. Like everybody hates this guy. Well, and that's my whole thing. Like, I, I would be lying first off to say that I wasn't salty with how he acted in Pittsburgh, but I was also one of the fans who was like, I, I just want him gone at this point after all the drama. So I'd be lying if I, I if I wasn't at all salty, especially after going to the Patriots. But I wasn't wishing ill on him for specifically NFL drama. It was just off the field. He is a he's not a good person. Like objectively so, he does not seem like a good person, and he tries to, tries to hide the fact that he's not a good person by spouting off about God's plan for him, God's plan this, God's plan that. I'm just doing what's best for me, and it's like, well, I'm sorry. Again, this has nothing to do with playing football. I'm just saying it feels good to see a genuinely bad person start to get their comeuppance. Like it's it's because here's the thing: To was a bloviating a hole, right? But at the same time, off the field i mean unless i'm 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 forgetting a lot cause, which is very possible because my memory is dog shit but off like, the field, i don't remember seem... him doing anything illegal i don't think that's the right? thing like, he, off the field yeah. he did not the uh he did not seem like a bad person off the field he was just a bloviating ass on the field i would have never wished ill on to i would have never r- ruminated or or uh enjoyed his failure it's it, because he didn't seem like a genuinely bad person when he wasn't playing football but antonio brown's an entirely different story he just seems like an asshole and when assholes get their comeuppance i'm sorry there is a, a id part of me that's very it's very nice to see it's very nice to see karma enacted right and look i don't want to play armchair legal expert here because <laughs> obviously you and i are both uh woefully underqualified to even talk about like the legal process here but like for anybody that hasn't seen like the allegations, he's being accused of his former personal trainer who he's known since college on three separate occasions in 2017 and 2018. And this woman, um, she has receipts. <laughs> she has screenshots and text messages and stuff from AB in which, like you mentioned earlier, he said, quote, you made me feel like a rapist. That's not a, that's yeah, not that's good. And then he, yeah. and then he also, I'm not going to repeat the, the actual text of it, but he essentially admits to sexual assault, um, performing a sexual act on this woman when she was sleeping. And when you're asleep, that's obviously non-consensual. That's by definition, sexual assault. So it's not, not good. Uh, it's obviously a civil case right now, but I would not be surprised if it turns into a criminal case 
also. But there's well, no like, way. He, yeah. There's no way he plays football this year, right? I mean, there, there's like, just like, there's there's no chance he suits up for the Patriots. There's no. Way. <sighs> uh, so the Patriots. <clears throat> here's the thing that I've actually found telling. The Patriots haven't said one way or the other whether he's going to suit up or not. And next, I mean, this coming Sunday is is fast approaching. I don't think we're going to find any new evidence this coming Sunday. And if the Patriots aren't convinced to just outright say we're not letting him suit up in this coming game against the Dolphins after these texts and or emails or whatever they were were leaked, it, I mean, come on, what's going to convince them? I, I I genuinely think unless that Goodell, unless Goodell places him on the commissioner's list, I genuinely think I, I I do too. But I, I just he let's assume to. for a second that he doesn't. I think he plays, which is sad, but I think he plays. I have to think Goodell. I mean, you remember how Goodell and the entire NFL like brand was dragged through the mud for a long time after like the Ray Rice situation. How oh yeah, they slow played it. They're like, oh, we'll just kind of let the legal system play out. You know, they they let him play for a while, then they suspended him for like two games, and then the tape came out of him knocking his girlfriend unconscious in an elevator and stuff. And it's like all the fans were like, holy shit, you just let this guy play football and get paid millions of dollars when this was going on. And so it's like, I think Goodell had to have learned from that enough that, I mean, who knows? Maybe AB's innocent, probably not, but you never know. But even if he is, it looks so damning that there's no way they can let him suit up for the reigning Super Bowl champs who probably have another primetime game this weekend. <clears throat> like, Goodell would... He would never take that ri- that PR risk, I don't think. But then well, again, so let's... they make horrible decisions all the time over at the NFL, so you well, just never know. Uh, so my whole thing about life is nothing gets a human to act faster than pettiness or greed. I mean, those are the two factors that, or, or spite, I guess, which can fall under pettiness. But I there's no love lost between the Patriots and Roger Goodell. I mean, they hate each other. Roger Goodell explicitly they, they really hates do. the Patriots. Yes. So my whole thing, I mean, when he presented them their Super Bowl trophy, like last year or the year before that, didn't he get booed? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, I have a frog in my throat. My whole thing is, even if, I don't necessarily think he'll do it for the right reasons. Like, I bet you five bucks if it was an owner who was buddy-buddy with Roger Goodell, he may look the other way for a game or two until more evidence came out. I, I don't know if he would have totally learned his lesson. But specifically, since it's the Patriots, I have this feeling that like a 90, 90% chance Goodell places Brown on the commissioner's list. But if that, like I said, if that doesn't happen for some reason, for whatever reason, I do think Antonio Brown suits up. Because, I mean, these, these texts, and yes, there's room for Antonio Brown's innocence. I'm always someone who doesn't jump on the sexual assault bandwagon immediately, you know, barring some really extenuating, profound evidence. Uh, but this seems like some of that profound evidence, and I'm still open to the, hearing the fact that maybe he was just talking out of his ass like Antonio Brown does. But in my personal opinion, I'm not going to say whether he is or isn't, in just my personal opinion, he looks pretty guilty right now. And the fact that the Patriots, like I said, haven't decided to bench him yet, I think is very telling of what they plan to do this Sunday. Let us not forget, even before this, this uh, these accusations, he broke the law last week by illegally recording a phone conversation with John Gruden, the coach of the Raiders. California is a two-party consent state. So, and a lot of states, most states actually are one-party consent, so you can record somebody's 
uh, audio without their consent, but not in California. That's illegal. So he rec- he illegally recorded uh, a phone conversation with Gruden and put it on the internet. You know, published it, which that's illegal. I mean, that's enough to get him suspended right there. Obviously, the NFL didn't do anything about it, but. Man. Well, because John Gruden just kind of laid on his back and didn't acted like he didn't care. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he was like, oh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, sure you did. You wanted to kill the guy. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Um, you know what? We got to talk some politics. I I really wish I just had a sports podcast. That'd be so much more fun <laughs> than talking well, politics a... all the time. Oh, <laughs> I've noticed as I've become more and more disenfranchised with politics, I'm I'm loving sports more <laughs> and more and more. The more bored I get with politics, the more I talk about sports on this podcast. <laughs> the audience doesn't <laughs> seem to mind. Like, half the time when I do listener mail, like, half the questions are about sports. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll keep it up. But, all right, let's do some let's do some political talk. Uh, there's, there's not much going on. There's not much going on. I mean, people are still talking about Trump and a Sharpie marker. Uh, guys, don't worry. I will not be discussing that. No, 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 Brady, Brady, we have to discuss this. That is an impeachable offense, okay? That is an impeachable offense, and I can't believe that our president would stoop so low. Okay, we can we can keep going. Just have to get <laughs> that. Go, all right, now that you got that out of the way, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we are recording this uh, today is uh, September 11th, uh, the 18-year anniversary of the terrorist attacks of 9-11. Let's head over to our friends over at the New York Times. Um, this is a real doozy. I want to read what they tweeted this morning. Quote, 18 years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Today, families will once again gather and grieve at the site where more than 2,000 people died. Let me, just for the audience, let me read this first sentence again from the New York Times on the anniversary of 9-11. Quote, 18 years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Airplane. <laughs> Eric, Eric, buddy. Has it, has your car ever just uh just taken aim and just <laughs> gone off and done its own thing? That, well, you know that's what I said to the police after I uh. How you about know. your gun? Has like I'm a gun owner. I don't think my gun's ever just taken aim and well, shot I, itself I, when, at someone. Like after I accidentally shot my dad in the leg, I I told my dad, "Hey, dad, my gun just took aim." <laughs> that didn't that didn't actually happen, did it? No, it did not. Okay, good. Just make, hey, just make sure, buddy. Brady, you know just I'm a very sure. unserious. I mean, I literally, I literally said that I told the police with my car. No, no, none of this actually had. It's well, this, the second one thing- sounded a little bit more realistic than the the first one. Oh no, but- Brady, I totally shot my dad in the leg with a gun I don't have. Well, hey, oh, you don't have a gun? Well, get buy a gun. Do something with your life. Buy guns. I mean, I will life. when I turn 21 because I want a handgun. Oh, you can't buy a. Uh... Oh, really? You're in North Carolina, right? I mean, yeah, but I thought the federal law was that you couldn't buy a gun until, or a handgun, I'm sorry, a handgun until you're 21. Oh, was it really? Wow. I don't know how I didn't know that. Well, I didn't buy a gun until I was like 23 or 24. Uh, sure, sure. A while, but yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> um, look, the New York Times, obviously the president calls uh, the mainstream media the enemy of the American people. If, if you hate America so much that you can't even get a tribute to the victims of 9-11, correct? It's like, what the hell are you doing with your life? They, I mean, to publish something in the New York Times, it has to be, it has to go through so many people. It's such a long process, a tedious process to get something public. This passed all, all of their vetting processes. I mean, this is just, what a garbage newspaper. What an embarrassment. 
These people call themselves the paper of record. The, the corporate press truly is the enemy of the American people. It is just disgusting. They they continue to beclown themselves at every turn. Well, and you said this before the podcast started. It's basically the ver- Ilhan Omar's someone did something. The fact that we're not, right. I, I don't, and this isn't this isn't just an Ilhan Omar thing. Like this has been happening more and more in the mainstream media. The fact that we're not going to acknowledge who was behind the planes, like the fact that we're just going to describe planes as taking aim. Who who was behind the plane? Who was driving the plane? Who made the plane quote unquote take aim? Uh, the plane, bruh. <laughs> planes have a mind of their own these days. Th- th- this was this was an act of terror, pure and simple. And like I said, as a joke, it's like if I shot my dad in the leg and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. My gun just took aim." Like there there is an there is a responsible party behind that that has nothing to do with the tool or the machine being used. And the fact that the media has been moving so far away from acknowledging who did the deed over the years, and the fact that the media has been so content with ignoring the very present dangers that Islamic terrorism still presents in exchange for some sort of political PC expediency. It's really disturbing, and it's, it's I mean, it's really disgusting. I don't know why they continue to do it. And th- this whole thing is, I, because I feel some people on the left say this all the time too, is, oh, we don't want to demonize Muslims. We don't want to de- demonize Muslims. Muslims get demonized after these sorts of terrorist attacks. Okay, the people who demonize Muslims after radicals attack the United States United States are pure pieces of shit. You shouldn't demonize Muslims because of what Al Qaeda or ISIS does. At the same time, you should feel totally comfortable saying demonizing ISIS and Al Qaeda because they are demons. Like it, it, it exactly. doesn't make it really bothers me, and I, I really don't understand how more Muslims don't, don't take offense to this because we know the logic the media has been using. They've explicitly said they're using this logic before. I don't know how more Muslims don't take offense to the fact that oh, we're not going to name this terrorist organization. Because we don't want people to demonize Muslims. Well, that that only happens if you are implying in the demonization that this is a lumping in of all Islamic people, which I, I don't see anyone with decency on the right doing. I mean, vile racist, sure. Right, vile Islamophobe, sure. But I don't see anyone on the mainstream right doing. It's just a no. fantasy to, to move on to more pressing PC issues. I, it's really it is really obnoxious. It is obnoxious. It's also just insulting the the audience's intelligence as well. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, it, it's it's absolute insult to the readers of the New York Times, and it, also the the back half of that tweet and that headline, you know, people are mourning at the site where two thousand people died. Two thousand, it was like twenty nine hundred ninety something. If you're gonna round to an even number, to a round number, you round up to three k. You don't you don't you know round down to two thousand. So I don't understand. It's like. Every, it's, they're almost trying to minimize the the what happened on 9/11. It's like it, all around, it's just disgusting. I, I believe that the New York Times has actually, as of a couple of minutes ago, deleted that tweet. But you know, screenshots are forever, <laughs> so uh, well, they can really go. It, you're you were right. Again. It's so for all the nine. So yeah, I'm a part of YAF this year, Young Americans for Freedom, and, and what they'll do every year, and we participated in it this year since this is our first year as a YAF chapter. Uh, they do this thing called the 9/11 Project. And it's basically a memorial to all those who died on 9-11. What you do is you get some American flags and you set them up in memorial to the people on campus. And YAF will send you, you know, at a discount, a package of American flags that you can set up. They send 2,977 flags, one to represent each victim in 9-11. So, I mean, the fact that you're not going to say about 3,000, you're going to say about 2,000. I'm sure I'm not going to attribute malice to stupidity in this situation, like in this specific case, but 
it, it does look to a lot of people like minimization of the events, which specifically for the New York Times, a New York publication, despite being very national at this point, a New York-based publication seems like a really shitty thing to do. At the very least, it's, like I said, attributing stupidity instead of malice. It's, it's still an insensitive thing to do. The fact that you don't think to have a second thought before sending that tweet out. Obviously, the New York Times has a long history of this. And like like you said, that's a solid point, that it's even more ridiculous and shocking and disgusting and disappointing because it is the New York Times. It is a New York-based publication. They have a long history of this. I mean, this is the same newspaper that back during World War II minimized the Holocaust, right? And this is the same publication in World War II that tried to cover up uh, the imprisonment of tens of thousands of Japanese Americans because they liked FDR. Mm. Okay, so like they they've been a leftist you know communist sympathizing rag for a long long time like this is not new they have, they have a history of this they literally tried to whitewash the holocaust so obviously nobody should be surprised when the new york times behaves like this but it's nonetheless it's it's still disappointing each and every time they do it <laughs> yeah it i mean i mean the last thing i'll say on it is it it just brings me back to wishing that I've always been against the right saying that, oh, the media needs to be objective because that's not how our media was intended to be even from the founding of the country. Um, but I, I do long for the days when at the very least the media could just state fact this fact. Who did what, how many people died and how many, you know, how many are grieving, which is the entire nation. So it, it, you don't, I don't need, I, I just don't see the need for these needless specific or these needless omissions right i totally agree yeah i agree wholeheartedly look i kind of don't want to talk about any other the actual topical pieces of news because they're pretty boring uh, I, i'll mention real quick um president trump has fired john bolton who's the now former national security advisor good he's kind of a war hawk um you know, whatever. It's no big deal. He's an advisor. He's a sub-cabinet level advisor to the president. The president has the right to have advisors that agree with him on policy. Who cares? Um, it doesn't really impact anything. Who, who is the national security advisor, at least in my opinion. So we don't need to talk about that. But we were talking before the podcast that we might just want to jump into some random philosophical top topics. And I did this uh, last week when I had my cousin Alan Leonard on. Um, I kind of jumped into a tirade about how i want to abolish the 17th amendment <laughs> which obviously created the direct election of senators before that um obviously state legislators selected senators and i think that that was a much better way to do it um so that's one of my wonky ridiculous ideas that i would love to see happen that will never actually happen what do you got eric schaefer what what is a wonky policy proposal or change to our government or our processes that you would like to see that will never happen. And then bonus, you get bonus points if it's something that would absolutely piss off both sides. Uh, total dictatorship under me. <laughs> I want to be ruler of the United States, and it'll be great for the first few years, and then I'll start getting paranoid and establish gulags and, and send all of the, my enemies to the gulags. Oh, it'll, be very, it'll be fun. It'll be, you'll eventually go there, Brady, but it'll, it'll take you like 10 years to kind of, kind of wrong me. 
Uh, <laughs> hopefully, no, hopefully, it, when you become tyrannical, it's for some like ridiculous reason. Like you got syphilis, and it like slowly <laughs> made you lose your mind. <laughs> I got not only did I get syphilis, uh, the doctors prescribed me cocaine <laughs> right, to, right. to overcome the syphilis, which is for some reason crazy. we're just back in like 1908 or something. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors are like, you know, Eric, those 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 uh, docs back in 1908, they had a really good point. You know, cocaine treats a lot of illnesses. Um, but, oh, what's something that would piss off both sides? I don't, I mean, I'm sure I have something in my brain that would absolutely piss off both sides. Um, but my whole thing, and we we talked about it actually like two days ago in depth, like in a text conversation while I was on a walk, which thank you by the way, because I was getting supremely bored, uh, was that (laughs) democracy like pure democracy, not democratic, a democratically influenced republic, but that pure democracy is just awful. And it's where that, that idea of, of the 17th Amendment, repealing the 17th Amendment stems from. Um, and I, I do think genuinely both sides would get pissed off at that because not the actual wonks on, on the right. I don't think they'd get pissed off about it. But you hear Democrats all the time raging about how amazing democracy, not democratic republics, democracy is. And then I really feel like a lot of conservatives in the United States, quote unquote conservatives, a lot of Republicans in the United States don't really understand what the difference between democracy and a democratic republic is. And if you went up to them and you said, hey, like with no context, you just said, hey, you know, d- democracy actually kind of sucks. They they get pissed off. Um, so oh, I hate I hate democracy in terms of it. Nat- well, here's the thing. I don't hate it. I realize it as being inherently dangerous, and the inherent danger comes from the fact where if in a democracy you have a well-educated public that respects liberties, it's kind of – you know, okay, so when Locke um, – you're going you're gonna to get me going on Lockean natural rights theory. So basically when Locke describes a state of nature, how Locke describes it is that a state of nature is awesome. It's great, and this, this, this isn't involving democracy. It's just kind of a, pre, uh, a preamble, how that a state of nature is great, but that a state of nature can immediately be corrupted by some – bad apples who actually try to impose their will on you without the consent of of others basically the nat- natural rights theories puts the idea of self-sovereignty into people's heads for the first times and forever the, the thing about democracy is let's say in a theoretical world okay totally theoretical in a theoretical world you have a well-educated populace it's not only well educated but it has grown to respect liberties and freedoms and self-sovereignty well then democracy is probably not going to be that bad all right democracy is probably not pure democracy isn't going to be that bad, just like a state of nature wouldn't be that bad when you don't have crazies run around, running around trying to, trying to impose their will on people. But the instant the, the issue with pure democracy is that, that it's easily corruptible. So the instant you get some bad apples in there and the bad apples start influencing more and more people in the society, and Plato kind of brings this up in his uh, – in the republic, even though his government in the republic, republic is extremely tyrannical <laughs> – he right. kind of brings up that the downfall of that society, and this kind of speaks to democracy as well, despite the fact that they're two totally different governments, is the, is the intellectual degradation of the society. That's one of the ways that, that, that his government begins to fall, and that's one of the ways that pure democracy would fall. The instant that intellectual degradation starts to happen, you start losing that respect for liberties, you start losing that respect for freedoms, you start losing the understanding for liberties and freedoms, and then democracy becomes about 51% imposing their will on, on 49% through basically what's called tyranny of the majority. So uh, my whole thing is that everyone is saying how great democracy is. Oh, because like, like I said, everyone says 
wholesale, even the most educated among us, will say, oh, democracy, 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 democracy. And I, tr I try to make it as much as I can. No, democratic republics are great. Democracies, especially if, if um, America were a pure democracy, democracies are pretty fucking scary. Oh, terrifying. They're, they're evil. And the Founding Fathers feared pure democracy more than they feared a monarchy. And I think basically every form of government is better than a pure democracy. Even, like, a monarchy is better than a pure democracy. Because at least a monarchy works out occasionally. Not often. <laughs> Not often. But there's, there was a few, you know, if you get a benevolent dictator in there uh, who's just a really good guy, it would work better than a pure democracy would. Like, there's been a few good and moral kings and queens of England. There's been a few good and moral, you know, Roman emperors. I mean, you get a lot of Nero's that kill a lot of people, and then occasionally you get a Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> you know, you can't count on it, but, you know, at least it's going to work out 10% of the time <laughs> the, <laughs> under a monarchy or an autocracy. But, yeah, but it never works. An autocrat. Like, pure democracy is, is just evil man yeah it's the 51 percent it's uh, you know oppressing the the 49 percent like i don't respect pure democracy and like like you said you know if we had like a well-educated intelligent populace that valued liberty it might be okay but that's never happened in human civilization and that'll never happen that sure as hell isn't the state of the united states of america right now in, tw in 2019 we do not have a well-educated electorate and we do not have an electorate that values liberty at all um, <clears throat> not in the in the slightest. So, you know, I don't. Why? All pure democracy is is you know you and your commie buddy and me. We're on an island building our own society for some reason, and then you and your commie buddy vote to take away all my shit. <laughs> and then I'd have to like, oh sure, I'll respect that because it's a democracy. Hell no, no, I'd try to kick your guys's ass. <laughs> Which I probably. Well, well, look, if it was you and a commie buddy, I might be able to kick both of your guys's ass because like. Communist men are like usually about ninety pounds and like really weak and stuff, so I'd I'd have to worry about you, but I wouldn't be too worried about him. Um, but you know what? You're 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 more of a lover, not a fighter. So I think yeah, I could probably kick both of your asses at the same time <laughs> in this theoretical scenario where you both vote to take away my shit. But oh, yeah, yeah, the point is, if I voted to take away your shit, then I'd be a commie, and by the rule of commies, my ass would be easy to kick. Uh, <laughs> that's true. But, actually, you know, funny story. This actually happened, Eric. Uh, funny story. It was a. It cost the the medical supplies companies tens of millions of dollars to invent. You know that thing that they wrap around your arm when uh, they're taking your blood pressure. I don't know what it's called. The, the arm band thing. Yeah. So they had a problem. Physicians had a problem checking the blood pressure of communist men, and they were just dying of like hypertension at alarming rates because they couldn't check the blood pressure because their arms are so small. They're just wrapping that thing, that armband around their arms so many times and it's just not tight enough because their arms are so skinny they couldn't check I assume you're talking right, about that, famine see, maybe that didn't actually happen but you see what I mean I see I assume you're talking about famine ridden Soviet, Soviet Russia right no I'm talking about Antifa yeah oh wait really yeah no I'm talking about there's such no, I'm joking, obviously, but I'm, I'm, the point oh, is, okay. I was about communist to men. Say, I feel like there's a, a difference little... between. <laughs> I feel like no. there's a difference between a communist forced into starvation and famine, who's probably no, not even, no. even a no, communist. No. Brady, no, I'm just say, this I'm is like worse these... than me. See, my joke. No, no, no. I'm finishing this shit. You made me feel awkward for like, oh, I shot my dad in the leg. That was a joke <laughs> that didn't happen, and you now like 
everyone's going to be like, oh, that totally happened. You know what? You just made fun of a star. Starving man in Soviet Russia. I hope no, you're proud of yourself. No, it has nothing to do with starvation. <laughs> what I'm talking is, I've seen these Antifa riots, and there's not a bicep to be found. That is my point. That's my only point here. <laughs> They're a bunch of weak little bitches. Incels. Wait, what What did you call Radiant. them before the... What did you call them? Oh, oh, neckbeards. They're neckbeards. Neckbeards. <laughs> these neckbeards walking he, around. Here's the thing. Here's oh. the thing. Neckbeards are inherently a right a radical right-wing thing like antifa and communists are their own thing neckbeards are the people who go online who act like they're men's rights activists who are like i oh, won't gotcha. why can't i get laid and it, it's it's really weird like they're really awful awful people like so neckbeards neck, you, you wouldn't call uh you wouldn't call like antifa neckbeards oh no yeah. i mean Unless like you're some weird mix of an incel right winger and and like and by right winger I mean like radical 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 right and then right. Antifa for some odd reason sure but it, it, here's the thing too like some people I think Morgan is a wizard on Twitter said this she, like because everyone everyone in the young right will call people who hold like sometimes stupid views a boomer and they'll be like I'm like as young as you are I'm not a boomer it's like being being a boomer okay is not an age it's a mindset so being <laughs> being a neckbeard right even being if you have a neckbeard being not a, having a neckbeard being yeah becoming See, being a having a neckbeard having a neckbeard is uh just icing on the cake you know being a neckbeard like you can have a neckbeard and not be a neckbeard it's it's a mindset if you're if you're wondering why you can't get laid and that you're such a nice guy and, and and are blaming women for society's woes. You're probably <laughs> even if you don't have a neck beard, you're probably a neck beard. Uh, you're just a you're just a neck beard. You're neck beard. Oh, neck beard. <laughs> I don't know why but, we don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, neck beards are an, an, an ever present danger to society. I don't know why more politicians aren't trying to regulate them. I I think neck beard control is in order for being. I mean, they don't look good. No one has ever pulled off, an, and by neckbeard, I don't mean like where it's like a goatee that transitions into the neck a little bit, like a lumberjack. No, 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 no. that looks good. It's like a I'm neck talking exclusive. About yeah, like they shave everything but the shit on their their the <laughs> shit on their neck. Like, uh, why do you get the think shit that looks, off your neck? Especially when you're like, <laughs> especially when you're like 400 pounds. Like, <laughs> are you thinking that's hiding your double chin? Because it's not. It's just making it look greasy. It's like you still don't have a jawline, son. You still don't have one. <laughs> You're trying to give some semblance of a neck of a of a jawline with that neck beard, but it's it's you're being transparent with your strategy here, and it's just not working. Um, the thing that I've actually so like the pe- people who follow me on Twitter, which I've actually taken a break from recently. I've like the only thing I've tweeted about is Antonio Brown, uh, and that <laughs> that was just to laugh at him. That that was before the rape stuff. I was just laughing at him on Twitter after the Raiders thing before he signed with the Patriots and I freaked out. Um, but I have been losing a lot of weight and it's like really awesome. Like it's really, really weird to all of a sudden be like, oh shit, I have a jawline. That's pretty dope. <laughs> so like neck beards, don't, don't grow a neck beard. Just lose some of the weight. Just lose weight. Yeah. Change fundamentally who you are uh, instead of blaming women for everyone's problems. Blame, blame yourself because you're probably the reason you're, you're suffering. If you're a mm-hmm, neck beard, mm-hmm. uh, lose the weight change your personality and boom you'll have a wife boom bing bang boom it's that easy <laughs> change your change guys, who you it's are it's not hard change your physical appearance and your entire personality and worldview. <laughs> okay is that too much to ask <laughs> fucking neck beard my goodness 
<laughs> just change your entire identity. It's easy. Stop. Come on. Stop. Just stop the being the way that you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that hard. Just fundamentally change your yourself. Like total See, real. Like usually acting like yourself is really good advice, unless you're a neckbeard. Unless you're a neckbeard. <laughs> then just pretend to be somebody else, because being you is just. Well, oh, and they usually. We I'm should sorry, have like a, we should have a podcast where people just ask us like personal advice. I think we would ruin a lot oh, yeah. of people's lives. Well, see, here's the thing. Like I, um, nine times out of ten, my advice is shit. But like that one time out of ten, it's actually really fucking good. So people are gonna have to determine whether I've just given you the advice that will solve your life's problems or ruin your life, and that would be fun. Uh, let me wrap up. Let me wrap up the podcast like this. I think this is advice that everybody needs to hear. If you don't know where to go in life, look at everything Antonio Brown has done and said in the last month, and don't do that. Is that fair? Is that? I, I mean, relatively, unless like you're talking about going to the NFL and making thirty million dollars in a year, then maybe do that. But don't don't well, do the, the last uh, month. He has else. not made a he hasn't made a single penny, and he has not played football. So, I think, uh, yikes. I, do you think do you oh, think the Steelers oh. think the Steelers rebound from that awful performance last week? Um, all right. So my personal opinion is I'm because we talked about this before the podcast. I know you're getting ready to roast me. My I am not I am not as optimistic as you are about, about this whole thing. I think this is the season where uh, we go six and ten. And quite personally, I'd be just no. a okay with that. I mean, it would it would annoy me, but I'd be a okay with that because Tomlin needs to go. He's an overrated coach. Terry Brad. Shaw said it five years ago that he's not a good coach. He doesn't cultivate respect among his players. He's he relies simply on high end talent, not good game plans. He is literally one of the worst. I mean, if you look at it um, from rankings all across the board, he is statistically one of the worst clock management people in the NFL. He's not a good play caller. He's relied on high end talent to bail him out consistently. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, like I said five years ago, said he was a bad coach, and everyone called him a racist. And now Terry Bradshaw is ending up. Being totally true. The only Super Bowl he's ever won was the one against the uh, the Cardinals, who were underdogs anyway, and we were also working with Cow- Bill Cowher's squad. I mean, all yeah. Bill Cowher, all Cowher's staff was still there. The extremely high end defense was still there. The high end offense with San Antonio Holmes was still there. I, I, I'm not going to take away Tomlin's accomplishment. Winning a Super Bowl is a big deal, but let's not act like it was Tomlin's accomplishment alone. He could have just stood there, and they probably would have gotten to the Super Bowl. So my whole thing is everyone's like, oh, he's taking you to the guys to the playoffs every year. That's something to be admired. Yeah, because the issue with Tomlin is he's good at recruiting talent. He's not good at capitalizing on the talent. So we make it to the playoffs. But, for example, two years ago or a year ago, yeah, two years ago, we had probably in terms of just pure raw talent, pure raw talent. We probably had one of the most skilled offenses in the NFL, one of in, in the NFL's history, I should say. And we didn't make it to the, at the very least, AFC playoff, a championship game. That is despicable. And that is only just the biggest of Tomlin's letdowns over the years. So personally, I think we go 6-10. and 10. I think Tomlin's kind of checked out. I think Ben's probably a little checked out. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, hopefully he's not. But I think Ben's probably a little checked out. And we'll, we'll go and if we go 6-10, and 10, Tomlin's on the hot seat. Everyone says how the Roonies don't fire coaches, but what they do do is they'll let their contracts conveniently expire or they'll let them retire 
which basically is firing without actually publicly firing someone. And the thing that you can see, no one's talking about this either, which is insane because they're like, oh, it's the Roonies, is that the Roonies only gave Tomlin a one-year contract extension. They never do that. They usually give coaches five- or six-year contract extensions, at the minimum four, three to four. The fact that they only gave him a one-year contract extension is telling that Tomlin is on the hot seat this year. If we do not go to the playoffs at the very least, I have a feeling that contract conveniently expires at the end of this year and they don't renew it. it, it and Spoken it, like a true neckbeard. <laughs> Spoken like a true neckbeard, Eric. You're just being dramatic. Neckbeard. See, I'm just coming to terms with what the term means, and it's a hilarious term, so I'm going to use it inappropriately a few times, I'm sure, before I kind of get my footing with calling people a neckbeard. But uh, look, you're just overreacting. Steelers will be fine. We'll go 10-6, and six, win the division. It'll be all right. You might be right about Tomlin. He had a horrible year last year, and he had a abysmal game last week against the Patriots. That loss is on Tomlin more than it is the players, actually, in my opinion. But... I don't know. He he knows he's on the hot seat. He only, like you said, he only has one year left. I think he'll be fine. They'll rebound. They have a ton of talent. They can't look any worse than they looked last week. I'm staying positive, Eric. Well, here's, Nowhere to go but here's up. The thing. We'll put it I'm, together. I'm totally, I'm totally staying positive. Here's the thing, though. I, I kind of hope they don't. Like, I kind of hope we have a bad year just because Tomlin is the final cancer. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is kind of leader of men, Ben Roethlisberger has kind of has been a cancer, too. I mean, Oh, stop it. Oh, stop. Oh, come on. Until recently, he was, like, blaming everyone else. Um, But specifically specifically Tomlin, because Ben only has two years left, okay? A head coach can last 20 more. So a head coach can last 20 more. Ben Ben has three. I would much rather get rid of Tomlin, and if that means we have one bad season to get rid of Tomlin, fine. Like, honestly— like I, I don't. The Steelers fans are so obsessed with not having a bad season. Maybe a bad season is what we need to num- not only get humbled and not go into every year saying we're going to win the fucking Super Bowl, but also get rid of the head coach that has been severely overrated and wasted years and years and years and years of pure talent on our team. Like I, I think it's, it's t- time for him to go. And if a bad season is what we need to finally get him out the door, then a bad season's what I kind of hope we get. I mean, I'd love a Super Bowl win, but I, that's not going to happen this year. It could happen. <laughs> so. I'm, hey, no. Look, they could be 0-4, and, and I'd still say, hey, man, we can turn it around. <laughs> oh, but 0-15. Uh, hey, man, there's still one more game. If every other team dies in I, a uh, tragic fire, we win the Super Bowl by, by default. Hey, look, we could still beat the Patriots in the playoffs if Antonio Brown suspended for the year, Josh Gordon falls off the wagon, Gronkowski doesn't come back, they lose half their defense, and Tom Brady dies of old age. If all those things happen... We can definitely. I hope Josh Gordon doesn't fall off the wagon. I mean, I know, like, man. I like that guy. I like, know he seems I'm, like I'm a decent. For him. He seems like a decent Oof. dude. Like I literally saw some people hoping he falls off the wagon to put an end to the evil empire. I'm like, that's not fucking. Oh God, cool. no, like, no, no. Yeah, of course. No, he's the anti-Antonio Brown. Like he's a uh, like he's the guy that you'd actually want to root for. He's like, uh, I mean, yeah, he's had serious substance abuse problems like his whole life, dude. How crazy is it with Josh Gordon? that when he was all pro and led the league in receiving yards with Cleveland like five years ago, he was drunk. <laughs> like he was like, he said he, he would, he had like a bottle of whiskey in his locker. He'd take like five shots before walking out on the field before every game. Like he was like <laughs> drunk the whole time he was doing that. It's like, that doesn't even, I mean, how many yards would he put up if he wasn't 
intoxicated during the games. Three thousand. He would have caught three. It's like he would have caught two hundred passes. Like that. Just <laughs> the the dude's talent is unbelievable. It's crazy that you know he was actually intoxicated playing games when he was putting up all those numbers. Yeah. It's crazy. I hope I hope the best for him. And he's a guy. He's the anti AB man. You root for him. And I don't think there's. I mean. I'm sure AB's got a mom somewhere rooting for him, but aside from her, yikes. That's the, I mean, Josh Gordon would have taken the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl all on his own if he was sober. Let's be completely honest. Sober. 16 and 0, Cleveland Browns powering through the playoffs, all, every single pass of the game to Josh Gordon. Steelers 10 and 6, win of the division. 6 10. Bottom of the division. Hey, you, uh, you just wait. I'm about to, uh, you know what? I changed my prediction. 11 and five, bitch. How's that? <laughs> five and 11. Let's go. The more, the more hatred you spew my way, I will, you know, four and 12. Who, you know, we're going 15 and one. Who cares? All right. I got to go. I'm out of time. <laughs> I got to let you go. Everybody follow Eric on Twitter at real Eric Schaefer. Uh, if you want, apparently exclusively tweets about Antonio Brown lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of turning it into an Antonio Brown drama account. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I guess that would be a good short-term strategy to gain a following. I don't know uh, if that's a long, if that's a smart long-term play, but hey, not going to go fine. <laughs> Follow him at Real Eric Schaefer. Uh, he's the best. Look out for some uh, stuff coming up uh, in Eric's future as well, and I'm sure I'll have him back on. You know, it's all, every couple months or so you do the show, so I'm sure the audience will hear from you soon. That's all I got for today. I am Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks.